Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 60 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. I am your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts, Michael, Devin, and JD. And guys, it is episode 60 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. That means if we were smart and we were planning for the future, we would have been able to retire right now. But because we weren't, we had to continue to do this um, podcast. (laughs) work hard. We do have to work a lot harder, but we also don't have too much longer to wait until the game is actually released. Um, as of right now, there's only 86 days until February 1st, until we get our hands on the demo. Still don't know how long that demo is going to be, um, but 86 days, that's not very far away. I mean, you know, you plan vacations right, you get that time off, you get to play a bunch. There's only 100 days until the game gets released a week early on February 15th. For people that have Origin Access, for people that have pre-ordered it on Xbox and um, the PC. So that's exciting. And only 107 days away till the actual release of Anthem to when everyone else, all you PlayStation owners that don't get early access to it, uh, you'll get the demo. But then you get it 107 days from now. So that's pretty exciting. We're getting close. We're coming down to the wire. It's going to be soon. There's a lot of vacation in there. So I'm sure it's going to go faster than any of us will ever imagine that. It's finally going to be here. I can't believe it. But guys, it's oh, also yeah. it's also what? It's the 7th, so it's time to go out and vote. Make your vote heard. Get out there, get to the polls, and put your vote in. And right now we're going to tell everyone who we're going to vote for so that the internet can come and flame <laughs> us and destroy us and tell us how wrong we are and all the opinions that we have. But before we do that, JD, today is also another important day. Today is N7 day, and that means something to Bioware fans. Um, I don't know what it means, so you're going to have to tell us as the resident Bioware guy, like, what is N7 Day, what does it mean for us Anthem people, and, like, do we have to spend money on something? Because I know they've been showing off a lot of merch today. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they have been showing off a lot of merch today, and, uh, you know, uh, N7, uh, November 7th, is just, it's a reference to the N7 rank in Mass Effect, but, you know, Commander Shepard is, that... Uh, Alec Ryder, uh, your dad, and Andromeda. Your dad. My dad. It's your dad. Don't you talk about uh, my dad like that. It's the highest rank uh, in uh, Special Forces in the Systems Alliance in Mass Effect. That's that's the whole thing. And every year they usually do something, a little little something something for Mass Effect fans, usually a little video thanking the fans. People come out and talk about their experience with the game. Today, they announced that Mass Effect Andromeda was getting a 4K patch, um, which is pretty cool. On um, Xbox One X, right? It's Xbox, Xbox um, One, X. One X Enhanced. Coming to PlayStation yeah, 4 yeah. Pro Enhanced? Yeah, it was already oh, Enhanced was on already PS4 4K. Pro. Okay. It was already 4K on PS4. I don't know about 4K, but it was Enhanced. It was, yeah. Checkerboard was, upscale, all those words that I have no, no idea Fuzzy checkerboard. Mean. It had HDR support um, on PS4. But either way, they announced that. They announced some really cool merch. Um, uh, 
if anybody wants to help a uh, good old broke JD out, uh, there's a $250 Tempest. <laughs> what was hey, Zimmer down? This hey, <laughs> this is not a platform <laughs> for yeah. that, JD. <laughs> if you love it, Zimmer down, JD. Our Patreon money uh, is not used to purchase toys for you. So well, purchase Patreon toys for me. Money? What are you talking about? So very cool. Happy JD doesn't get a cut. No, (laughs) you got to stay. You're going to work. Happy N7 day to all the Bioware fans and all to all the devs that have been working super hard on the games that they've been developing. I think it's cool that they have a day that they get to celebrate um, their franchise. So if there's going to be an Anthem day, what date would you pick? Because N7 day, obviously N7 November 7th, that kind of works. Halo does. um, When does Halo do their day, Devin? They used. Bungie would do it on. Well, that was Bungie. That was seven seven day, July seventh. Because they Bungie like day. the sevens. Because they got the seven pillars of whatever. Does three four three do a do a Halo day? No, they oh. do Halo stuff every week. So. Oh, I gotcha. So if you're gonna pick a day for Anthem, Michael, what day do you pick it? Would it be like somewhere in August? Just because. Oh no, that's April fifteenth. April fifteenth is Anthem Day. Yeah, that's when uh, Francis Scott Key penned um, our America's national anthem. That's when um, the anthem of the uh, great state of uh, Wisconsin was... Wisconsin um, or Arkansas? Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. That was made um, available for purchase um, because of copyright laws. Finally, it became public, and so people could use it. And then um, it's also, coincidentally, I'm not making any of this up, it's also the day that um, Good Charlotte came out with their song titled Anthem. That makes sense. Um, yeah, and it's the anthem, so get your hands up. So y'all got to feel me. Sing if you're with me. Maybe they want a unique day. I will sing with you, and happy April 5th, late April 15th to all you anthem fans out there. Okay, let's get right Woo, into anthem the day. anthem news that we do have because there's quite a bit that we're going to cover, um, but we're going to cover it fast because oh. I talk fast. I don't know. I've had a lot of Mountain Dew. Um, I've been up for a really long time, so we're going to get through this. So first of all, Mike Gamble has been showing off some pretty cool images of an interceptor that um, I, f- I don't know the actual name of the developer. I only know her from her Twitter handle, and that's um, Mad B. She goes, she's under at Angry Space B. This is the interceptor that she has designed, um, part of the art team. Mike Gamble posted the pictures of it and wanted to share this. So we have an interceptor. I'm sure everyone has seen it. If not, we're going to go ahead and post it on the website. We'll post it in the video when Devin edits the video down. But we have an interceptor with a helmet that we've never seen before. Um, Color scheme is black and red. Is that black or is that kind of like a muted black, muted brown? It's really hard to tell. It might be like a brown, like a a dark chocolate. Maybe not even a copper, maybe. Maybe just like a chocolate. Copper, yeah. maybe a maybe a rusted. It's got some cool weathering effects on it. It's actually really, it's actually really dope looking. So the my thing point, on its, good thing Jamie. on its head kind of looks a little bit like a, like a crate dragon from uh, Star Wars. You guys know what I'm talking about? Nope. Uh, no, I don't. I, I think <laughs> the thing on there, I think the thing on on the interceptor's head in this picture is actually a swarm tyrant. Oh, it's okay. a spider. Yeah, it's a swarm. Tyrant. Oh, so it's a, it's got, it's got it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's a swarm timer. It's got a sword <laughs> with it. I don't know if so. They've talked about you know the stickers. They've talked about logos and they've talked about colors and being able to customize things. I'm guessing and I'm assuming. I have no idea. They haven't really said anything about this. That there's going to be preset number of stickers and logos that we're going to be able to. What do you guys think? Do you think a lot of these are going to be unlockable? Do you think they're just going to come with loot drops? Do you think they're going to come with um, completing certain 
missions in the game that they'll start unlocking. All right, you have access to this set of stickers now. All of the above. So I yeah, think, I bet I bet it's yeah. all of the above. And they, I mean, they already talked about getting rewards for completing things on hard difficulties, you know. And so maybe when you kill a boss on you know elder game difficulty, you know whatever they're gonna call them, um, you can get some cool customization options. Because that's really, you know, I mean, if they have microtransactions, which they will, you know, it's all going to be customizable, you know, cosmetic stuff. So uh, they want to be able to, one, give people a way to earn that in-game, but, you know, then also earn some money on the side. And I got no problem with that. So I hope I hope the stuff that you can get for beating the Swarm Tyrant and beating those levels like you were talking about, Devin, is only available that way. I hope, it's, I hope that doesn't become part of the customization yeah. paper, paper yeah. play either. Because so, I mean, it's a badge. I mean, like we saw, like we saw in other games, Destiny, especially when you beat the raid, you got an emblem. I mean, it's a badge of, hey, look, this is what I did. I mean, yeah. If if you're able, if you're able to see that on other characters when you play, so maybe they have like a stat screen or whatever you can pull up and check out their information. Yeah, and I think one that of the cool, cool things about having these stickers unlockable, a lot of times in other games, and and tons of games do this, so it's not you know, only with, you know, other games that we've played in the past. But usually if you do something super hard, you get a piece of gear, you get a piece of equipment that you can wear. Yeah. But once you level out of that thing, you know, that's gone. So if if someone were to inspect whatever you're wearing, there's no real great indicator of the things that you have accomplished. But if you're able to stick, you know, maybe every time you kill one of the main bosses in the game, you get a sticker and then you get to put it anywhere on your javelin and move it around and almost like you know almost like a pilot in the old days when they would tag their airplanes with how many you know bogeys they downed you just have a bunch of these stickers on the chest plate of your colossus saying you know i did this i did this on super hard i did this on extra hard and that way it's like you don't have to change out your piece of gear um because the stickers will probably transfer over with other with with whatever piece of gear that you have on at the time i'm assuming well that's the theory though right that's the theory you know in these and these Sounds stickers, cool. badges, decals. I mean, hopefully, because we speculated last episode when we were looking at the at the P fifty one Mustang color scheme that Mike was sporting, that we thought, okay, maybe we can we can customize it. You know, Forza esque, where you have access to brands and stickers and things, and you can kind of put them wherever. So it would be cool. Maybe even just chevrons. I mean, you put you put that that enemy that you defeated his icon on and you have a chevron for each time that you've that you've gone through and gotten him so i mean maybe that's one way to do it yeah and i'm guessing the the logo that they have on this interceptor it looks like there's the swarm tyrant then there's a sword in front of it those i'm guessing those things are separate but they're able to move them around and overlap it to where they want it to be um, maybe that's the uh maybe that's the difficulty level because didn't wasn't it halo um to indicate their their difficulty levels, they had a progression and an icon. There was yeah. a sword and then cross swords and then an icon with cross swords or something like that. So, I mean, that, that could be a way too. Yeah, that'd be JD, interesting to see. Yeah. Nothing? JD? Come on. Earth JD? All yeah. right. While JD is trying to reconnect, unless you are there <laughs> right now. Was, what do you think oh, about the customization? Oh yeah, the customization like uh, like Steve was kind of saying that I think it's really cool that you could basically just deck out your javelin with all kinds of symbols, like basically telling your journey. Like if you could have the front of your javelin become like a tapestry to the stuff that you have done, 
I think that's pretty awesome. Um, uh, aside from that, like a testament your to your sins. Your... <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know. Yeah, All right. it, it would be kind of cool if each of if each of the javelins had a cape or you know something they could hang off that could help do that um, to tell that story. Um, kind of like. So, so Destiny Hunter had a cape. You could put stuff on. Not, not. I'm not saying you could, but it would be a neat idea to put stuff on your cape like that, like you could in the, uh, um, on the storm. And then the warlock had stuff you could have put on, and mm-hmm. then the Titan had the the waist belt thing. So, I mean, there are things that you can kind of. I could see the Colossus having a waist belt and, you know, stuff hanging off that could that could tell that story. But decals are yeah. fine. I think that's cool. And I think inside the Strider, if you had the ability to customize the inside of that with some sort of token of the things that you have done, but I don't I don't think anyone else would be able to see that. You'd kind of be the only no. one seeing inside your Strider, which kind of, you know, you want to show you know, off the things that you've done. You're the only one that gets to go in your fort, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so, so really you'd the have only... to have... Your javelin would have to be the place to do that, unless unless you ha- can put stuff on the outside of your strider. I wonder if I wonder if you're traveling together in a party, you'll ever be able to see the outside of someone's strider. Yeah, I, probably I when you load in and land on the top like they did in the video at E3. Yeah, right? that might. Yeah, that's true. But then I guess whoever the party lead is, they'd the get party lead. they would have the the strider. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking more about the interceptor, we've also seen so this interceptor that they've shown, um, the one that Mike shared with the storm tyrant, not the storm tyrant, the swarm tyrant on front of it. It is also the, f- the <laughs> I can't talk right now. <laughs> so the helmet is different from what we've seen before on the interceptor. Before we've seen the, it almost looks like you know a sports bike. That's how sleek it looks. Um, but this one is different. It's got some. It looks like the fins have been removed from the helmet. Like that whole swoop part has been taken mm-hmm. off. And it's uncovering a lot of the cylinders and the mechanics behind it, which looks really cool. It has a more sinister look. It almost looks more bug-like to me. It's got a couple extra Mm -hmm. things in the front. Almost like someone was like, you know, you take a sports bike and then you take off all the um, fairings and everything, all the plastic, and it's a naked bike. This is like a naked interceptor is what it looks like to me. And it looks really cool. We've also seen... That could be like the thorns coming off that spider, you know, when you're looking at the swarm tyrant. It has all those thorns and crap coming off it, so maybe that helmet. I don't know. It kind of. I mean, it looks like it's poking out further than it would if you're looking at the other helmet. Maybe it's that gear piece. That's maybe. Is that what you're saying? That it kind of mimics the enemy that you defeated. So yeah. maybe that's what you get for taking down the swarm tyrant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of the legendary drops or whatever they're calling as you get it. So we also got a view from Mike Gamble today because of N Seven Day. He um, tweeted out a picture of the Interceptor, decked out in black. Looks like a lot of carbon fiber. It's got some red and white uh, pinstripes. It's like those sweet racing stripes that Ben Irving likes so much. I mean, this is <laughs> from someone that doesn't play Bioware games. This is like the Shep- This is the iconic, you know, get up of of Shepard, right, JD? Is that or is this oh, a yeah. like Carl? It's, it's the look. So this, so this is the look, and they tweeted that out, and it looks really good. I mean, the textures on this thing, like the reflections coming off of it, looks like top notch. Yeah, it looks like it well, just even came just the right out of the pressure smaller washer. details on it. Yeah, even just the smaller details on it, like because the the actual like N seven suit from, especially Mass Effect three, which is considered like the best looking suit from the three games, um, has that kind of like cross hatching like details on the abdomen, and then. Uh, there's always like the red stripe on the helmet, which is awesome. Like they really got it on the small details, and 
just looking at it. It makes me excited. I don't think I'll use it when I actually play it. Uh, oh, you will never... too, JD. Who oh, are you kidding? No, no, no. I because I didn't, I didn't use default look in the Mass Effect games. I didn't use a default look. I always customized, uh, customized it as much as I could. But you know, like they only sell one color of N7 gear, so that's all. That's all she wrote on that one. Yeah, and I wonder if this is something like you're just going to get out of a random drop or they're just going to save it for N7 day to, hey, log on, play this mission, and get the uh, you know the N7 look for your javelin. I wonder how they're going to do that. I mean, after the game releases in February, that would be a pretty long time to have to wait to unlock something like that. But who knows? Lots of things that they can do. So, so one major thing that we got this week also, Ben Irving right. took to Reddit. Um, as a surprise to everyone, I don't think anyone was anticipating this, but they got out of their first official alpha closed alpha test where they had a couple people. I mean, they said they had a, a small amount of people come in and actually play the game. They got access to the first three missions of the game. Um, they level capped them at level five and they just kind of did their first test. Um, Ben says that now that Anthem Anthem is now an alpha and we've passed a major milestone with our first closed alpha test. The closed alpha was an internal technical test to run water through our metaphorical pipes and assess the game in a live environment. We ran tests, did hot fixes, and adjusted servers on the fly. The way we will when the game is live. The goal was to test our server technology, patching, and subset of content with a group with a small group of players. Only the first three missions of the game were available and all pilots were capped at level five. Even though this was a technical test, we wanted to encourage feedback on the limited content that was available. We learned some valuable things from our players and want to share them so you can see how we're listening to feedback and making an even better game. Here are our biggest findings from the alpha and what we will be doing to address them. So this this came to me as a huge surprise. You know, despite how open all the devs have been with everything up to now, like I never would have guessed that they would have released patch notes for something that none of us have access to. Did that take anyone else by surprise, or you guys were like, "Yeah, this is kind of." I figured this would happen. I was pretty stoked about it. I mean, I was surprised, but I think you know, as of late, they to me it feels like they're giving you know at least uh, Mike and Ben more of kind of letting them free a little bit, let them you know share more about the game, share images, share information. You know, give them give them a little bit of freedom, letting out those reins a little bit, so that people can actually get information about the game and keep the hype rolling. Yeah, do you think it was just to kind of give Mark a break to be like, guys, I need help. I can't keep answering all these questions all the time. I need someone to help me do he this. Calls in backup. Because you're right. I backup. mean, Mike Mike has been posting a ton lately. He's been answering a lot of questions. Ben has been very active in um, a lot of the discords. Um, that there is just answering anything that they can. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they can't talk about, but even then they're telling us, you know, Hey, maybe we're going to talk about that later. We're not going to talk about that now. So, I mean, you're right. They've been super active, but yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that they even dropped these patch notes because it's really hard for us to read these and be like, Oh, they saw this. We don't, we don't know why they saw this because we didn't have access to that, but even them telling us, I don't know if they're just kind of prepping. This is the method that we're going to do it in the future. So if we start it now and people are used to it now, they'll know kind of what our methodology is so that we're mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, hey, I sent in this bug report and you haven't said anything on it. So, I mean, I can see that this is a great way to get ahead of it, to train us as the users to see how they're going to be doing it in the future. So 
Great stuff. So first thing they want to talk about is they wanted to talk about Luke and loot, not Luke, not Luke Skywalker. <laughs> they want to talk about loot. Mike, will you talk about the loot up here? Will you read what Ben wrote for us, please? He says loot is critical to upgrading your javelin and leveling up. Alpha players let us know that during their time in Anthem, loot drops weren't frequent enough and were hard to spot out in the world. We've done a pass on the frequency of loot drops and we'll look for more feedback in future tests. We're also investigating a way to make loot drops more visible in the world so they're easier to find. Excellent. So so one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, um, because we have not, I think we've seen it only a couple times during the EA um, 2018 um, demo where we actually saw weapons drop. We saw a couple little purple balls and um, other colors Mm -hmm. rolling around. And they seem pretty visible. I know that there was a legendary that dropped. I don't know if the player purposefully didn't go over and pick it up or because it blended into the rock and it kind of just rolled away. What do you... I mean, it looks like those things are mobile. They're not just going to drop and just stick to where the enemy died. They can roll around and move around. So what are some right. ways you guys think they can make those more visible? Would you would it be too obtrusive to have like a giant pillar of green and orange light just shining up into the air so that you can't miss that thing? So maybe not maybe not huge. I mean, you could definitely increase the size. Um, so I'm thinking Diablo 3, all of their stuff has... You know, it glows. And doesn't it show up on the mini-map? It does, yes. When they're, Only when there's right. a legendary. Yeah, only when it's a legendary. legendary though, right? yeah. And then in Destiny, in Destiny, the engrams would roll around. And they were large enough and didn't, and didn't fit with the world, if that makes sense. So they didn't blend in into the, uh, into the background and the grounds and the terrain and the, and the geometry. And they, they rolled. And maybe, and maybe that rolling effect, maybe that moving caught your eye and stuff. But I think once we get to the point where we know what the loot is going to be, our eyes are going to be trained to it, and we're going to find it. So that stuff that dropped in the earlier tests, I mean, I, it wasn't – I probably didn't – it probably was just a placeholder, and it wouldn't have even turned into anything anyway. And so that's probably why players – that's what I'm assuming. They just went past it because it wasn't even – part of the game yet if that makes sense well i know mm-hmm. that I they did that, they did pick up one weapon and it actually showed that they were picking something up that was yeah. from that, that was from this this most recent or was no that... so in the most recent one they didn't have anything drop like i i couldn't see anything that dropped that they could go over and pick up that looked like there was that was weapon parts that's about it there was the parts, weapon parts like, in like the treasure chest materials right like crafting materials was there any like an actual gear piece and or weapon that that dropped even from the no. chest. No. Okay. So maybe, maybe during that test, pardon me. Maybe that during that test, those things were turned off. Yeah, yeah and, and well, it's like very said, hard to say. I think, or oh, I think ahead. that whatever happens, I think that whatever happens, our eyes are going to be trained um, to whatever it is that drops, um, and we're going to pick it up. Even you know, and it might be, it might be nice if there's if there's a uh, a magnetic capability to it. You get close enough, it's just going to zoom to you. Instead of having to, you know, fly, run, jump right over it so, kind of thing. Well, Ben has kind of talked about that where they're like, oh, can you pick up multiple pieces at one time? And it's, not, it's not in there currently, you know, where it's like you just go over to an area and it's like picks up everything that's there. Auto loop. Uh, it says it's not in there and he doesn't, and he doesn't think it's going to be in there by launch. Uh, but the thing is, so one thing that concerns me is like if they're concerned about not finding the loot, did they not get 
the ability into the game where you know if you miss something, you get it back to your strider or it's four turns. Postmaster right? or something. Um, so I mean, either maybe that's not in the game. So they're right. I mean, because you can't open it while you're playing. So and you can, the only way you can open it is if you go back to the strider and back to, to Fort Tarsus. Right, so he originally said Fort Tarsus, but then he clarified the yes, you can still do that back at at the Strider. Um, under, so it's like I mean, under other notes, if right it shows here, up, he says you'll be able to access all loot obtained from a mission upon return to the Fort Tar- uh, on. Blah, I can't talk upon return yeah. to Fort Tarsus. So that will it looks like they're just going to have something in place that will do that. So they are aware. Yeah. So you will well, be able to access all. Loot. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, that's also it could be. I mean, that's. Or does, or that, mean, like, does, that, does mean that mean the loot that you get from defeating the boss? Or is that yeah. loot that you pick up? I mean, access to all loot obtained from a mission. So, um, you know, it's, so, I mean, so it's cool you, to so look at stuff. You know, is it considered obtained if it, if it drops? You know, because we've had stuff before in games, Destiny mostly, that you get that falls off a cliff, right? And well, it still goes back to the post, as long as it's like exactly. a certain level. Exactly, but but that's but that's the point I'm making. That's the question. Will you be able to access? Does does that mean that you've obtained that loot because it you know it fell out yeah. from the boss, open from the chest, or do you have to collect it there? And then so that's interesting. And Stephen, you were saying that you can only pick up one item at a time, or was that you, Devin? That's what I just said. So you can. It doesn't like collect multiple items at once. Um, I don't think that I didn't see that you would have to hold something like as long as you walk over it. There's no way to, you know, like in Borderlands, if there's a bunch of stuff laying on the ground, like in Borderlands 2, you could pick up all the money and weapons and everything all at one time, right? Instead of walking over to each individual item and pushing it, you know, X to pick it up or whatever. Oh, gotcha. Um, so you're saying that's not in there right now, but that's uh, hopefully after launch, they'll get that feature in there where it, you know, picks up all the surrounding stuff so you don't just have to run around and go pick up stuff, pick it up and actually. Smash yeah. A or hold X, yeah. hold X, hold X. And I mean, the loot's all instance. I don't think have we gotten a clear answer on whether the health and ammo pickups are instance. Um, no, I've not heard a clear answer on it. I, I believe yeah. that they are. That if if there's a health globe and someone else comes and runs over it, you should still be able to access that. But I'm not 100 percent sure. They haven't really I, touched on that. So I, th- I thought they said that. I believe they they confirmed that. that. Yeah, I thought yeah, that it's that instance. It your health orbs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think one um, thing that I, I, I don't remember, I don't remember where it was confirmed, but I'm uh, I'm pretty sure it was. So I think one thing that they could learn from Diablo three is that one of the biggest indicators of um, when legendary loot drops, because that's really the the main thing that you're going to be going for. Like if you see a white drop and you miss it, it's no big deal, right? It doesn't really matter. Right. You're going to auto. Um, disenchant or disassemble that anyway auto shard but diablo does two things it puts the indicator on the mini map that there's something there if you happen to be like you know listening to a different if you're listening to podcasts or if you're listening to music while you're playing that game because that's a game where you could easily do that you don't need the sound on to just be grinding through mobs so there's a visual indicator when it drops there's a bright beacon that's on screen then there's the star on the mini map but if you have the sound on there's an audible cue when a legendary item drops so that you know okay yeah, it's like, like a, a gong or a chant or something. So there's something there that when that does drop, if you're not facing that direction or if you're shooting something else, okay, you know that there's something there. After you finish the fight, go around, look for it. Even if there's a little right. indicator on the mini map on the compass that says, hey, it's over this way, go find it. I think that would be an easy way to do that without, I mean, the big giant pillars of light are fine. 
unless they're too obtrusive. I mean, if you can turn them down or if you can turn it up, give the player the option to do that. I think that yeah, would that be might a good work. idea. So that might work. And then I guess it really depends on you know, it, if you do get loot in this game, you want it to feel good. I don't think I want loot just to drop and then me not be able to see it and then go get my rewards back in the floor because that seems very anticlimactic. If you destroy a swarm tyrant on whatever highest difficulty it is, I think I would want the loot to drop there, and I would want to know what I got because you get that moment of anticipation right before you pick it up. Your friends want to know, did you get the thing? Did you get the thing? No, I got the thing. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't get anything. I hate you. You know, if if all that just goes back to the fort and you have to wait to get there to unlock that, I think you lose a little bit of that that excitement that comes from that encounter. So I hope there's a way that you can actually... Yeah, you lose that. You, lo- you lose yeah. that payoff. So I mean, and that's I mean, good, especially with stuff that you're that you're really searching and grinding for. And that, that if you have to do the activity three, four, five times to get what was it? It was again a lot of the boots. Unfortunately, a lot of yeah, boots. A lot of destiny references tonight with loot. But um, icebreaker, you know, you wanted to see yourself get that, and it was like a big thing when you got that from a loot drop, and then yargle gargle. So. Yeah. I mean it's good, but then but then I'm also I'm also okay I'm okay with with like the set piece dropping and being identified for you, but then I'm also okay for getting I don't know if they're gonna do a system like engrams or or you know you have to decode this you have to enchant that to see what it is I'm okay with a couple of those too, because um, then that keeps you going back to your fort and to your to yeah. your um, strider so I mean as long as as long as it's balanced. You know, so JD had some like. Well, I, I was just gonna say that I, I like. Um, I, I do agree with Steve that um, it's probably better for some things to come through and like know that you got certain things then because I like if you're trying to grind one particular piece of gear, it is gonna be frustrating to run the same mission and return to the fort time and time again. That's gonna be very frustrating. Um, however, I do think that one of the upsides of doing it this way is that it does encourage inventory management. Um, so it's like, you're, you're less likely because when you, when you're out in the field and you're just picking up a bunch of loot, um, it's going to build up on you. And like, um, I, I know Mike has been making a lot of destiny references tonight, but, um, it like when you're playing that and you're just getting random weapons or random pickups, uh, your inventory fills up pretty quick. And so that means that if you want to, uh, you know, clear it out and make some room for the things you have to find a safe space in that area, like pause, uh, manage your inventory right in the middle of the field. And yeah. that's not always a great idea. So having it be the kind of situation where you go back, you see what everything is, and then you decide right then and there what you want to adjust or get rid of or keep or dismantle for materials. I, I feel like that lends itself well to good inventory management, but that's a that's a fine point from Steve about how frustrating that would be to be grinding and not see what you're getting. So. I think, uh, you know, they could do kind of a mix where, you know, after you defeat a boss or whatever, it can show you at your end of the mission stat or whatever, here's what you got, you know, type of thing. Uh, So that way you at least have some immediate things, but then you also have to go back. Um, And then Mark also did touch on the inventory issue a long time ago, and he said, you know, that's not going to be an issue in Anthem, and why would anybody design it that way type of thing. It was it's kind of a dig. I think we talked about it. Several months ago, um, probably, basically just to dig it at uh, Destiny, where you know there's so little inventory space, and they keep having to up- update it and uh, to 
add more inventory space and everything. So I, I really hope the inventory system is as robust as he says it is, and there's lots of space. And, I mean, you know, that you can organize things the way you like, and it's not going to be a huge issue like it is in other games. Right. So, and I'm sure yeah, there will be a stream sure. coming up where they detail all that stuff and what we have, and they'll take the feedback um, that we give them, and then if there's time, maybe they'll implement it, or if not, they'll go down the line. Devin, will you take this mission section and read uh, what Ben wrote and then the other mission notes as well? You got it. All right, we wanted to help players ease into the dangerous world outside of Fort Tarsus. That in mind, we limited the difficulty of the first few missions and cut down on how many different kinds of creatures were roaming through them. Players let us know that they wanted more challenges sooner. Uh, we have now done additional passes to balance all three difficulty levels, and we'll be updating the game to in introduce different uh, creatures earlier and use more of them. Other notes, mission content is in the closed alpha was limited, so some players felt there wasn't a lot to do. Uh, we will be adding significantly more content into future builds. Uh, critical expedition bugs were fixed. So one of the things I, I thought was interesting, you know, because Ben has mentioned three difficulties, continues to mention after that, Mike Gamble, not uh, Mike. <laughs> hey, uh, I mentioned a lot of stuff. It's yeah, true. But he, he mentioned those are just the initial difficulty levels and you know if you're watching the stream you can see that those difficulty levels were good and uh, they were playing on the medium difficulty and so i'm interested to find out how many difficulty levels and then also they did say yes on you know the more difficult the higher difficulty the better the loop you know as, as it should be right so yeah and i think it's interesting that they mentioned that hey guys this you know we're tuning this right now this is only the first three missions and they have alpha testers that are like, there's not enough content here. It's like, well, hold on, slow down. <laughs> We're testing the first three missions here. You know, you run start... before you can walk. Exactly. And sure. I think that's interesting. And this is one of the hard things that when we were doing the Sea of Thieves alpha, that was all, that's all only players. You know, you got a bunch of boats in there. Like, how do you balance that? There are people that never wanted to see a single ship. And then there's people that that's all they want to do is to do sea battles. So how do you mm -hmm. make the balance of how many ships per server? How often are you going to run into them? Is it, too, is it too little? Is it too much? This group of people might say it's too much. This group of people might say it's too little. So how do you strike that balance? So this is something that... Get it just right. And luckily with <laughs> the different difficulties, I'm sure that they can adjust that. There will probably be people that, you know, might not ever leave the first three difficulty levels. And that's the fine. That's the way they want to play the game. But for people that you want to keep increasing that, you know, there's opportunity for them to do both without alienating one portion of their player base. Which I think is a great way to do it. It's the same way they do it in Diablo with their torment system. You can stay at the, the really easy settings. And all the other players that want to go higher and higher and push themselves, they can do that. And it's not going to affect anyone. So I think it's a great way to, you know, solve that problem. Because that's a hard problem to solve, especially with a game. You know, in Sea of Thieves, you know, I don't know how you solve that. But it's it's difficult to do. And luckily, with the, with the extra difficulty settings, they should be able to do that just fine. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike, you had yeah. some notes here on missions. Oh, I was just, as I was thinking about missions, I was thinking about the different kinds of missions that we have in these games, and I just kind of ranked them, um, you know, just to just to kind of put my mind into the mission types. And so so I have, I have um, I'm just going to read these out, and I want you guys to give me your rankings out of 10 on your enjoyability on, on these types of missions. Um, so okay. tutorials. Zero. 
Zero of ten, Devin. I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say he says that as zero. <laughs> JD, what do you think about tutorials? This is that first uh, mission where you're like, uh, we've just wake you, woken you up out of cryo sleep. Uh, look up at this light. Oh, was that right? Change it here. Uh, kill it with fire. Yeah, I hate those. I hate I, well, those. I think, kill I mean, they, they have purpose. They, they have for, to be there. You're right. Yeah. Be there. But you know what? If I invert my Y axis on my Xbox, <laughs> it better stay inverted for every game ever played. It better stay inverted for every game ever played. Oh, um, I agree. Can you start working on that there, Microsoft? Um, and that's supposed okay, to be a so, feature that was supposed to ship with the Xbox. That if you set that, yeah, yeah who knows? Anyway, anyway, right? So escort missions Z- where you got to take you got to take the guy here without them getting shot. I hate escort missions. We already know that stuff's in there, right? I'm I'm guessing it is because how because you because everything can't story missions can't just be go kill the things, right? So you've got to throw this in there. Yeah, it's I mean we've already seen it where you had to protect those uh, arcanists or whatever that were out in the wild or the sentinels. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's like you know the you have to save at least so many sentinels or whatever, and uh, it gave you you know I don't whatever. I don't mind escort missions as long as like there's some interesting dialogue or something going on. If, but if, if it's just like if it's like escorting a cart or like a like just a <laughs> silent car or but something like that. Like, but if it's dialogue heavy, that belongs in a cutscene. What if what yes, if the person you're escorting what if the person you're escorting also has a weapon and actually shoots things? <laughs> That would be amazing. What kind no, of world is this? They're usually, they're usually carrying something. Fair or enough. They're, or they're another cl- Okay, so this next mission type, explore the thing. I enjoy exploring the thing, so I, I enjoy explore, I also exploration enjoy missions. It. I'll Devin? give it a nine. Nine? Yeah. Oh, nine. So I think, you know, the in Anthem, they've already talked about free play is really where the exploration is going to happen. I mean, they're not going to limit you a ton in these stories, there, but there will it's be, still gonna a, be an exploration linear. story mission though. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you're still gonna have to go figure things out, but yeah, the majority of the exploration, they want to take place in, in free to play, right? In free play. So that's where they've already said the lore is going to be the exploration, you know, crafting materials. I mean, you're going to be able to find some of that stuff while you're playing through missions, but they've already told us multiple times that that's all in the free play. Yeah. So, the assassination mission. Wait, you say that one more time, Mike. You were breaking up. I'm sorry. Um, say that one more time. You were breaking up. Oh no, what? everyone's breaking up. We're losing connection. I'm gonna keep talking here until everything comes back together. All right, no one's talking. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna keep going until you guys come back. You guys stop talking. I'm gonna keep going. No, stop. Okay. No, you stop. Okay. Okay. I think we're coming hey, back. Hey, fix stuff now. It's all working. Okay. We're, coming back. <laughs> we're good. There's no technical oh, problems. The anthem of creation has glitched itself, and we are back here. Mike, well, keep going. All right. So the assassination mission, JD, what do you think? Uh, assassination, uh, if, if there are multiple ways to uh, assassinate a guy, um, sure, probably like, I don't know, a six or a seven out of ten. Devin? I guess it just depends, but I enjoy them. I'll give them an eight. Steve? Yeah, sure, seven. That's good. 
All right, the beat the clock mission. This is where we've set off the thing, <sighs> and, and we've got to get out of the thing that we just explored. I hate those. Devin. I love those. <laughs> this, like, I Devin hate them. I love those. So I'm going so to say like two for Devin, or is it yeah, less no, than it's, that? No, it's like, you know, maybe a one. I mean, it's enjoyable for one or two times when you screw up and you hit something wrong, and then you got to keep starting over and over again. And I mean, they're fun to be like, oh, I really want to perfect this mission or whatever, but um, it's only going to take me so far, and I'm just like, okay, here's another one of these. I got to get out of here before the world explodes around me. Okay, so what if there's a leaderboard? Does that help it out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, this is this is like one of the basis of my whole video game existence. Uh, Metroid Prime. At the very end, you beat Mother Brain. You got to get out before the planet explodes. We're talking Halo One. Get off the Halo ring before it explodes, driving the Warthog. I mean, how can that not be like at the top of your list? Halo 3? I mean, it's come on. fun, but come it's on. only fun for so long when you're trending on Legendary. Well, that's anyway. dying. <laughs> All right, JD, beat the clock. Uh, those probably get like an 8 out of 10 from me. 8 out of 10. I, wow. I love the rush. I love the rush. It's, you know, you, you like spend the this band entire rush? time exploring and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, you know right. Right, Steve. It. Okay. What? Steve, activate the thing, kill waves of other things. That's like a boring number. I don't know. I guess it depends on how many times it's repeated. I mean, and if it's the same wave of enemies every time, then it's going to be lower than if it's different every time. So, right. I mean, there's a lot of caveats in that depending on the game. So it's hard for me to say kill the wave of things because that's what you do in any shooter. You kill the waves yeah. of things over and over again. So it's well, hard for me to saw that in an action. In, in this right? one, there's in the, the progression, right? There's there's the drones and then the little bit tougher drones and then the lieutenants and then the, uh, oh, what do they call them? What do they call them in Anthem? In Anthem? The, uh, the elites. Elites, the elites, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I, killed over, I killed over 2 million creatures in Diablo 3, so I can't say that I don't like it. <laughs> so, nice. You know. uh, Devin, activate the thing, kill the waves of other things. What do you think? <clears throat> I enjoy those missions. Yeah. JD? Because I just like to hold oh, a sorry, position Devin. and just mow down the enemy. Yeah. Okay. You want to feel like a superhero, right? I mean, that's the point yeah, of, that's of what, Anthem. That's so. the point of this game. Right. JD? Uh, same as Steve, maybe a maybe a 6 or 7 out of 10. It really depends on how much variety there is to it. Because mm-hmm. if it's like three waves of enemies every time and the third wave is always the hardest, like it gets too repetitive and formulaic. Okay. Uh, sneak in the thing and don't get caught. So this Zero. is your stealth mission. Zero, move on. <laughs> Next, Devin. Zero. I'm not uh, big on the sneaks, but um, it can it can be enjoyable, but it's not my favorite. I remember well, playing a Metal Gear Solid game, and I just zero walked through next. and tapped, tapped the poster, <laughs> and it's like freaked the world out. Well, you tapped the poster. What <laughs> Alert everyone on the ship. It's, it's <laughs> no one has touched the poster. It's not very like superhero like push forward. Somebody's sneaking around here. Well, with yeah. the interceptor, you can sneak, right? Isn't that isn't that kind of the whole? No, I don't think so. Here? Like seeing the interceptor, it's like, oh look, I've got these giant blades. I'm gonna stab you right in the face with you watching me. I don't think the interceptor is a Step sneaky uh, javelin. So maybe, so maybe that's a storm thing. No, I, I don't um, think it's. I don't think it's a thing in Anthem. I mean, I mean, Ben has been I, saying over and over again, it's like we want you to be pushing forward 
in the action. And I think they want you to feel like a superhero. And you know what? There's like Batman. He may be a, be- a detective, but he doesn't sneak anywhere. He just goes in and punches Don't you in the face. superpowers to be a superhero? Because I'm Batman. Yeah, exactly. All right, last one. Last, last mission type that I can think of, and this definitely does not complete the list of mission types that there are. But this last mission type, drive the big thing in a straight line. Oh, I'm all 10 on that one. <laughs> Isn't that just basically an escort mission, right? You get to drive kind the of, thing. But the big thing yeah. tends to have a giant gun and yeah, make big usually. explosions. So sign me up for drive the big thing was, in a straight line. I think I think there was one game where we played that it, the big thing didn't have a giant gun. Yeah, then F that. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. All so right. That, those are just a few of the mission types that I thought of. Yeah. Some of the things. So, what about JD the, says ten out of ten for that. Yeah, you, you you forgot you forgot the most important one. Go collect the ears of an enemy and deliver it to this person that could do it themselves but doesn't want to. You forgot that one. Anyway, okay, JD, I need you to talk about the progression real quick. Hit us up with this progression section. Yeah. So, uh, so they went over uh, leveling systems, how to spend skill points, and how to use a forge to equip gear. We're not always clear to our alpha players because our tutorials for those features were not in place. Also, some leveling actions like unlocking new javelins were visible in the menus, but not accessible during the alpha. We're working to finish our tutorials and we'll seek feedback on their effectiveness once they're, well, once they're in place. Um, some other notes about it was that the players uh, asked to extend the amount of time that it can be airborne. Progression was not available in the closed alpha, and I guess they'll be testing it in a future build. Um, I don't know about you guys, but kind of makes sense that people want to fly more because every time they show it off, like in any of the footage, the flying looks super fun. Yeah. I mean, they've talked about it time and time again that that's, you know, again, maybe, you know, these people have never heard of Anthem come to play this game. And I've never read anything that Mark has ever said about, you know, longer flight time is tied to, jet, you know, pilot progression. So, um, it's in there. You're not going to be able to get it in the first couple levels. And that's just, you know, I think it makes sense lore-wise because you're not, you're brand new. You know, you, you're not as proficient as a pilot, so you can't fly as long. And there's definitely techniques to use, like they showed off during their live stream, you know, uh, flying close to the water to keep cool and all these other things that people could do instead of just, I'm going to fly up really high and just keep going. And, you know, I'm not going to run out of fuel or overheat, but you are. And... Yeah, I'd be yeah. very interested to see how people are flying if they're feeling like they're not going. I mean, are they just going as high as they can and then going as far as they can? And then that, you know, then they're not getting as far as they think they should. Because a lot of times, yeah. like you said, you know, you go up and down, you do the maneuvers. As, as you start to dive, your your jets cool off. If you go over the water, I mean, it seems like they flew a very long time to get to where they needed to go. I mean, they landed a couple times. I think you want to be landing to be exploring other things. Um Fast travel probably wasn't available, I'm guessing, in this build. So they probably I mean, just they're not proficient, right? So I mean they're you can't just give, you know, in game level stuff to brand new players because they don't they don't deserve it for one. And they don't they don't know how to use it, right? You gotta Elitist, earn that. Kevin. <laughs> right? You don't deserve those jets. Yeah, so I, I think it's weird that a lot of people no. have been saying, because we, we have learned recently that they took away the unlimited hover from the storm, and people have been complaining online that, you know, oh, you took away the reason that I wanted to play the storm, which is weird, because you haven't played the game anyway. I mean, I mean, I think we should wait and see, once we get our hands on it, to see, you know, if if the people that are testing it are telling us that you're not flying long enough, um, and they're only level 5, so they don't have access to the perks or to the gear that might 
you know, extend that duration. I mean, and that's why I'm kind of surprised that they released a lot of these patch notes because for a small group, I don't know how many people they had testing, but they said it's small. So I'm going to assume it's less than, than 100 people that, you know, it's kind of interesting because none of this stuff we have access to. So we don't know exactly why they feel they feel this way. We don't have any video of them playing. We don't have any indication from them themselves saying, you know, I was able to fly for 20 seconds. I was able to fly for 30 seconds. So it's hard for us to even gauge what exactly that means. You know, maybe they're well, flying think, for a minute and they thought that that was too short. I think the whole reason they released it is one, to give us information, and two, to say, look, all right, when people are playing this game, we can respond quickly and adjust things with patches. And we're working through that system to make sure we can take care of these issues that arise really quickly. And we're showing people that, okay, we're hearing what they're saying and we're making adjustments right then and, and really quick. So, right. That's yeah. why I think also, they should. I, 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 I feel like it's really important that they still have this overheat mechanic in there regardless. Um, I, I don't know if I said it in a previous podcast or if we just talked about it off the air. Uh, but, you know, like one of the things that makes the web slinging in Spider-Man on PS4 so fun and so interesting is because you have to be aware of your environment around you. Because if you're going through a spot where you don't have a lot of high spots to web sling from, it's you're going to have a very difficult time. So you have to switch up your strategy to, you know, get across the terrain quickly and make your way from point A to point B. Uh, if you were just flying unlimited, like not having to worry about anything, it would get super boring really quick. And I, I think that the challenge of having like those mechanics to it, of overheating, being able to cool yourself down by getting close to water, diving in here and there, because you're right, you know, the uh, uh, Mike and uh, Ben on the stream, they were able to fly for quite a while by taking advantage of those mechanics. But it wasn't just like simple flight here and there, like they were getting, they were uh, going as high as they could, they were diving down, they're maximizing how much heat they could get out of that, diving through the water. There's, there's plenty of mechanics there to make it interesting just to fly. Yeah. So you're not going to get bored while doing that, which is great. It's engagement. So get good, alpha testers. Yeah, so get good. Ben goes on to say this is the last section about multiplayer. Multiplayer is an important part of Anthem, so we want to make sure it's smooth and easy to use as possible. Some of our alpha players mention that they ran into difficulties trying to form a group with friends and couldn't always tell if their teammates had successfully joined their party. They've at, we've added several systems that we think will help. Join and leave notifications when there's a change to team makeup. That seems like it's something that should be there, so I'm glad they have that in there. Tutorials and and making add kick leave features accessible in different places. The kick feature, that's the most important one when you need to kick someone. So I wonder mm-hmm. if you are in free play, if they kick them and they'll be able to come back. I don't know. We'll probably have to see. So some players felt it was hard to find their teammates. We're iterating on some UI elements to help with that. I'm guessing probably a little indicator on the on your compass would probably do that. We've seen that they've been outlined um, so that you can see them through walls. We've seen a couple of instances of that. I wonder if they were still having problems locating where their teammates were. And it could be really hard because the world is so big. If you're not on comms, you know, how do you find the player that you're supposed to be playing with? You know, there'd have to be an indicator to say, hey, they're over here. It also says, we are planning to add a way to help players who get stuck in the world. I'm wondering if that means like stuck in geometry or if they're just lost. He does, he says details to be determined. Um, I bet that's I bet that's more like stuck in the world. Probably just reset kind of thing. <laughs> These are just yeah. some of our learnings from our first closed alpha. We're already making changes based on the feedback we received. It's an exciting time for all of us, and we look forward to future tests internally and with our players. We'll soon be back with more information. 
And he says, as Halleck once said, time to get to work. So pretty interesting stuff. I'd be excited to see a lot more about what's going on in the alpha test. Um, and I hope they keep continuing to push these out and we give good feedback. I don't know. Do we have to give good feedback on the feedback that they give us so that there's a good feedback loop? Um, but I'm that's glad they're like putting this out. That's a huge feedback loop. Yeah, that's a big feedback <laughs> loop. All right. So that is the alpha stuff that they gave us. Um, real quick before we end, we're already couple, um, almost an hour into this, but there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about that I've been looking at as I've been making gifts and shooting them off to um, the devs on Twitter. First of all, I was listening to Enter the Javelin, a mixer show from friend of the show Lupo. He was going over the um, the live stream from November 1st and noticed that anytime that an enemy got hit, their health bar turns white for a second and then it decreases. And I was talking to him, and we were thinking, you know, what could it be? Why is it turning white and then decreasing? Is it almost like a fighting mechanic that you have to continue to do sustained damage or else they'll actually be able to heal that? Turns out that's nothing like that. Ben just confirmed that, you know, that's just another visual indicator that you are doing damage. Because a lot of times um, when they are doing, like, their ultimates and stuff, there aren't any damage numbers for some reason coming off their ultimates. Their bar turns white, it goes down. So I don't know if that's just an option that we have. If you don't like the damage numbers, like a lot of people have been saying that they don't, that this is just another way of saying, hey, this is how much damage you're doing to their health bar without seeing giant numbers pop off. I don't know if you guys like that more than having the numbers or if you guys prefer the numbers. I prefer I like numbers. numbers. I prefer numbers. I prefer the numbers. Agreed. That's weird that people want that. But hey, it's cool that they're doing that. All right. Next thing up. Um... We have seen in the get to know the javelin sections with the interceptor and the ranger. They are fighting the wyverns. So a couple times the rangers start shooting at the wyverns and the wyverns just explode in this massive explosion that looks like it would come from like a couple propane tanks or, you know, a bomb exploding. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the wyverns are exploding. So at first I was like, you know, the ranger shooting at them. Does the ranger have like some sort of weapon? That is doing like explosive, you know, does it have explosive shots every 10 shots or something? Or is it random? So I sent a message off to Ben and he said no, that that's not, he doesn't know what weapon they were using in the build. But that if you went to the EA Play 2018 um, demo, that there is a weapon in there that has something similar. But I wasn't able to find it as I looked through that stream multiple times. So apparently Hmm. there's a weapon that has exploding ammo. I wasn't able to see any indication of that's exactly what was happening because we are following the Colossus during that. So I couldn't see anything, but I mean, that might be one of the perks of one of the weapons. So then if you look at the Interceptor throwing its shurikens, it is throwing um, its plasma star ability. It tosses a plasma empowered shuriken at a single target, effective at long ranges. So I don't know if these wyverns are just exploding like they're full of gas or propane or whatever, but it seems really weird how big the explosion is when you kill this creature. Well, I, to me, I think it kind of makes sense if they're, you know, they breathe fire, right? So maybe they have liquid fire, a, a sack of liquid fire in their body or something like that that blows up when you blow them up, right? So it makes the explosion bigger. That's the really the kind of like the thing I was thinking of where – you're you're destroying them with an explosive ordinance or whatever else, and so when you, it's like you get a critical hit or whatever, and it kills them. I mean, I don't know exactly how they have that system that's in place, or if even there is a system like that. But that's really the only way it would kind of make sense to me of why the explosion is so big, you know? So because it's a massive explosion. What what's the thing that they used? Ah, shoot! It comes in contact with air and explodes. They used it in Rome. Was it Rome or Greek times? 
They put them on yeah, catapults. Greek fire. There you go, Greek fire. So phosphorus. Just, I don't think no, it's, it's phosphorus. Greek I think it's Greek fire. So, yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, it's a pretty cool explosion, but I'm like, man, that thing is that makes one heck of an explosion. The grabbits definitely do not explode like that. So, next right, thing. So, go ahead. The Greek. Let's go back to the So, Greek fire was the stuff they threw off the catapults. And the phosphorus was the stuff that they were burning, like JD was talking. I think that's what JD was talking about. But maybe we're talking about two different things. Well, I mean, like I know that phosphorus, like there's a couple different types of phosphorus. Uh, white phosphorus, especially, is something that um, basically doesn't stop burning until it runs out of things to burn. But um, it does Wouldn't require. Wouldn't it just continue uh, it to burn the world? To fuel its fire, though. I mean, well, the phosphorus eventually burns out. I know. I, I was. I was making a joke. Yeah. But well, white phosphorus is now—it's not banned. That's—that's like, that's a bad thing to use. All right, don't use phosphorus. Next things up, guys. I'm going through. I was looking to see if I can find the weapon in the old 2018 EA build, whatever. The end of, at the middle of this year. So there are some visual indicators when your javelin is low on health that you know there's a bunch of sparks coming off your off your suit there's a little bit of like blue electricity coming off so you kind of have that visual indicator that hey you're damaged you should probably pick up some health gloves so just something i was noticing as i was going through so a lot of those cool details that are easy to miss sometimes during these streams so pretty cool stuff also um i see you didn't watch the breakdown i did of that <laughs> you know, there's a lot of new listeners that haven't heard a lot of that old stuff. So, where are your breakdown videos, Devin? You better get on that. You don't, you've got time, so, right? they're on YouTube. We when I broke those down. Hey, you got more to do. Get on that. Okay, next I thing. Just don't have time for that. I know. During the interceptor, get to know you. There's also a section where the interceptor javelin flies near this giant statue that's just sitting out in the middle of nowhere. I did not notice this the first time I went through. But there's another giant statue. I mean, it's got to be maybe 60 feet tall. And it's got a giant sword that it's holding. It looks like it's a javelin. But there's no... It's really hard to tell what exactly it is. What exactly it is. So my question is, why would there be a statue this big of a javelin out in the middle of nowhere? Why does it have a giant sword? And who built it? Is it something that was built by... You know, the people of the fort, an older... I can't imagine someone going out and taking the time to build something out of, out of the safety of the fort. So speculation, who put this thing in here, and when are we going to get a giant sword to fight with? So uh, that's that's a Dominion uh, marker as to where the uh, Dominion stronghold entrance is. And that's the uh, Dominion uh, Demon Crafter... Uh, Clayton, you I like you were there, and then you just kind of trailed off, <laughs> like giving weird names. You decided to fly, you know, you you fly into stuff just like Mike flies into stuff during live streams. Yep. Just, uh, but I mean, we we I have didn't seen, see that wall there. What happened? We, we have seen wall. indications of giant statues yeah. before. We had the big old face statue that we saw during one of the trailers, and then we got this giant statue almost out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, how did how did they even build these things? I mean, I would think you know, is this a shaper thing that they put up? Because I can't see you know people going outside of the fort and erecting a statue this big without being eaten by grabbits or by wyverns or by anything statue. else. Okay, so the shapers built it because you know maybe the javelins are just based off the forms of the shapers. So, they're going to be mad at us. They're, <laughs> they're, oh, they really, they really are. Supposed to they really are. All right. 
So cool things <laughs> to consider. Really, I just want a sword. I want a giant sword. Come on, make that happen. So and the the, the head on this thing looks really Every weird too. Anthem two. I have a sword. Oh, don't even. Oh, I will confirmed. <laughs> I will ice breath your face off if you even Anthem two. So kind of weird. It's got a weird looking head. Devin's gonna put these pictures it's up so people can see it. Weird. It is it. I mean, it's it's, it's slow funny. Weird. It's like a cow. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. So second a thing, cow? a cow. Kinda... You know, cow, not a cow. Anyway, the last thing I want to talk about before we end this thing, because, you know, you guys are obviously falling asleep right now. So I need some opinions. The Interceptor, when it's got large weapons on its frame, like those weapons are huge and like stick out like a sore thumb on the hips of this thing. Like, you don't I want can, sore thrums. No sore thrums, especially if you're playing a game for a long time, you don't want sore thrums. But like the weapon that it has um, during the, the November 1st, um, stream. I mean, that thing's huge. With it flying around, it sticks out big time. Like this is supposed to be sleek and fast. Like that's got to pull out your wind resistance right there. I think they need to move this thing to the back of the javelin, or else it just looks weird as it's flying around. Yeah, but if it's on the back, then it gets in the way of the four wing things or whatever that go. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just need to make I it mean, disappear and go into their pocket because I mean, it's huge. It sticks out big gonna... time. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, it is what it is. Okay, I'm alone on this. JD, am I alone on this? I'm yeah, alone on this. Much. Okay, fair enough. Guys, this, You're has alone, been, <laughs> this has been episode 60 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest running anthem podcast on the internet. I was going to say universe, but that sounds weird. I guess it is in the universe also, unless there's some alien the universe species that we know. As far as we know, it, it's the longest running podcast, anthem podcast in the universe. So until next time, maybe next time they, they did tease. Um, maybe there would be a stream, not this week, but maybe next week. So maybe in a couple of days, we'll hear about something new and we'll get a lot more information. So until next time, freelancers, there's a shaper storm on the horizon and we'll see. We'll see you on the other side. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. Boom.